Hello and welcome to today's Here's to Your Health podcast. I'm Don Lentzman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. My guest on the podcast today is Madeline Clark. Madeline is a Partner Relations Coordinator with the Iowa Donor Network. And Madeline, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You know, you were here last April and um, you're back today uh, doing a little training here at the hospital. Uh, but, But what's really important, I think, for people to know, let's start this way instead. Let's start here first before we go into the details of this. I want, I want people to get kind of a flavor of how you came to the Iowa Donor Network because you have a unique story to tell. I do, yes. So donation's been part of my life since before I was born. Um, around 30 years ago, my grandfather was diagnosed with primary sclerosing cholangitis, um, which was a liver failure disease, and it was organ donation that saved his life. Um, It was organ donation that gave me a grandfather I wouldn't have otherwise known. It was organ donation that gave me memories I get to reflect on and smile at now that we've um, no longer have him with us. And it's organ donation that gave me a life I would not have otherwise known. So organ donation's been part of my life since before I was born, but in 2012, um, that's when it kind of clicked what it was for me. Because while I knew organ donation saved my grandfather, I never really saw him sick. I never really saw what it looked like before he got his transplant. Um, My uncle, unfortunately and unexpectedly, passed away in 2012 because of the flu. And that was kind of my first experience with death. Um, I hadn't seen it before in really movies. I didn't really understand how to work through my grief. And while I knew my uncle was a donor, when I first heard that, I was just too consumed by by my own sadness, my confusion, my grief, my anger almost. And it was the uh, Mid-America transplant or the OPO back in Missouri, where I'm originally from. They held a candlelight tribute where they gave us all these candles and we were asked to write a message on the candle with Sharpie and we were supposed to light the candle at the end of the night. And it was during that moment I saw a little girl running around um, kind of being excited and In the moment, I was like, is that the right reaction to be having? This is supposed to be sad. But her father was chasing after her, and he had a sticker that said recipient on his chest. And seeing this little girl run around being chased by a dad who just got his transplant, who just got that second chance, that's kind of when donation clicked for me. And then in 2015, my brother was diagnosed with that liver failure disease my grandfather had. So he will be needing a transplant in the next couple years, and that just made me want to fight even harder for the mission. You know, I'm the older sister. I'm supposed to protect him. And if I can't be a living donor for him one day, I want to help promote that message of donation so he would be able to get his liver. We're going to come to living donation in a little bit. Yes. But before we do that, uh, I think maybe what you talked about there is something that I would, I don't know that you can say it any better because I thought you said it very eloquently, uh, but I think you're buying, you're helping someone else buy a memory. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Donation is truly a gift. That's what we refer to um, the organs and the tissues that are recovered as gifts because they're not only helping that individual, but they're helping their family. I almost consider it this ripple effect of sorts where it's not just that individual's life who's forever changed. You know, I got time with my grandfather. And I hope that when my brother gets his liver transplant, that'll be impacting me. My 
mother, my father, my other brothers, my brother's friends. It's this larger community impacted by the gifts of donation. And you can't discount someone else's grief at the loss of a loved one, but you can celebrate the fact that somebody else's life is going to be is going to be extended because of that. Absolutely. And I do think I have that unique perspective being both a donor and recipient family. I've seen it from both ends, you know. Like I said, I was very struggling through my grief at losing my uncle. It was an unexpected death. It was my first family death. But seeing someone get time back, understanding what donation was, my uncle was my hero in my life. He was one of the best men I've ever met. He now is someone else's hero in his passing, and that helps me find closure. You know, death's never easy, but knowing he's someone else's hero, it brings a comfort. My guest on the podcast today is Madeline Clark. Madeline is a partner relations coordinator with the Iowa Donor Network, and we're talking about organ donation. Uh, Madeline, <clears throat> we, we're going to cover live donations in just a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, that our discussion so far, and that is at the end of life, there's a certain procedure people can go through mm-hmm. in order to be able to donate organs. But what's really nice is if you know that you want to be an organ donor, that you've already identified yourself as such. How how does someone go about doing that? Yes, so there are currently four ways to put yourself on the Iowa registry, and that is something, or a list Iowa Donor Network has access to. The most common is at the DMV when getting or renewing your driver's license. They'll ask you that question, would you like to be an organ donor? You check that box and you're on our list. Um, For those who are inspired to register as donors and their license don't expire for another couple years, you can go online at iowadonornetwork.org and fill out the information that way. Or if you go to any of our events or educations, we have these pamphlets that we hand out. That's another way you can fill out that information, mail it back to our office, we'll put you on our registry. And then a fourth way, um, as of 2019, is called Logan's Law. So when you go to get your hunting, fishing, or fur harvesting license, they will now ask you, would you like to be an organ donor? Um, this is a law that was put into place for a boy named Logan Luft. He was 15 years old when he passed away, and not only was he an organ and tissue donor, but his parents wanted to further his legacy. And when this was enacted in 2019, um, September of 2019 to the end of that year, so just a three-month span, they were just shy of 1,000 new registrants. Wow, so, that's amazing. It's an incredible impact. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So for those people who are not... Uh, or haven't designated themselves as an organ uh, an organ donor, uh, and a family finds themselves in that sort of end of life situation, there's a there's a procedure that we follow in order to be able to make certain that all the protocols are taken care of. Maybe you can talk about that for just a second. Yes. So there <coughs> is, excuse me, there is a next of kin hierarchy. So if someone does not have that donor designation, we will approach that next of kin and ask them as they know their loved one best. Um, However, we do encourage people to let their loved ones know their wishes and if they can put themselves on that registry. So by going to our website or going to the DMV um, and just letting everyone know that you would like to be an organ donor. And it's not just anybody who will approach you about organ donation. It, there will be a person, very specific person, who will do this. And if I'm not wrong, it is typically someone who is with the Iowa Donor Network. Yes, someone from our team at Iowa Donor Network um, will be the one to approach you. Um, 
answer any questions you might have about donation or answer any misconceptions you might have and just kind of guide you through that process. It will be someone from our team. Yeah, just want to make sure that people understand that while all hospitals in the state participate in terms of the organ donor program, it is not within their purview to talk to the family about that in an end-of-life situation. That That's reserved to people from the Iowa Donor Network specifically. Correct, yes. <clears throat> My guest on the podcast today is Madeline Clark. Madeline is a partner relations coordinator with the Iowa Donor Network. We're talking about organ donation and how you can go about uh, becoming an organ donor because it's so important uh, in in terms of being able to help uh, leave a legacy that I think you could be proud of. Having talked about what happens in end-of-life situations, uh, Madeline, what kinds of organs can actually be donated? So in the case of deceased donation, which we talk about a little bit more with Iowa Donor Network. Um, There are six internal organs. That is the heart, intestines, kidney, liver, lungs, and pancreas um, that can possibly be donated. And that can save up to around seven or eight lives as you know, you have two kidneys, um, so those can each go to a different person. Um, Your liver is pretty cool. You can actually segment that into two, go to two different recipients, and then it'll regrow to its full size. So these Organs are doing some pretty amazing things. And, and it's only under certain circumstances that that would necessarily be true, correct? Organ donation? Uh, no, just the, those major organs, because mm-hmm. because the donor would have to be in, in a certain physical condition, correct? Yes, organ donation itself is very, very rare. Um, it's per, The person has to pass away in a hospital in a particular way in order for organ donation to happen, which is why that wait list is around over a hundred thousand people um there's a great need for organ donation just because it doesn't happen a lot and so when someone's able to be an organ donor they truly are giving someone that second chance they truly are giving that gift and it's not because people don't want to donate those internal organs it's that in many instances there the circumstances don't allow that to be the case correct so when that happens but there are other things that people can donate other organs that people can donate that are not internal organs or other tissues, right? Yes, so if you're not able to be an organ donor, there is a chance you'll be able to be a tissue or cornea donor. Um, One cornea donor alone can impact between 50 to 300 different individuals. And last year, Iowa had over 900 tissue donors alone. So that's an incredible impact people are having. Um, That's your corneas that can give sight to someone, your bones, which can help in spinal fusion surgeries, or it can help give somebody the ability to walk again. Heart valves, which can go to a little kid as opposed to like artificial valves. Um, These tissues are doing incredible things and they're honestly not talked about enough. And I think when we talk about impact, this is where we really see the impact in terms of organ donation. Yep, absolutely. (coughs) My guest on the podcast today is Madeline Clark. Madeline is a partner relations coordinator with the Iowa Donor Network. We're talking about organ donation. Madeline, I want to come back now to the live uh, donation that we talked about a little bit earlier because in there are circumstances where you can be a live donor. In other words, if you know that there's someone who needs an organ and you're a match, mm-hmm. uh, that you can actually become a donor in that way. If you could give us just some insight into how that works. Yeah, so Iowa Donor Network doesn't 
personally um, have a role in the living donation. We are there for support and we support our transplant centers who are the ones who actually oversee that. Um, but living donation, that's when a person um, chooses to undergo a surgery and either give that organ to someone they know or some people just have that maybe extra kidney, like share your spare is a common phrase we hear, and they say, I want to give this kidney to anyone who needs it. So it's such an amazing thing when someone does choose to go the living donation path, but that is seen through transplant centers. Right, right. Um, what would be the best, but they can still contact the Iowa Donor Network. Absolutely. If someone wants to do that, you'll, you'll, you'll get them to the right place. Oh, yeah. We will absolutely get them the information they need. Um, we can be there for support if they'd like it. We have an amazing team dedicated to our public outreach and our events, and we have tons of living donors that come and participate in those events. Um, so we are there however they need us to be. Is there something we haven't talked about today or touched on today that we need to discuss? I mean, I think uh, you did make mention of the number of people who are waiting for a donation, and I think that if there's nothing else that would spur people to become an organ donor, it's knowing how many people are on the wait list. Absolutely. It's over 100,000 people that are on that waiting list, and over 600 are Iowans. So these are people in your communities who maybe go to your faith center, your grocery store, your school, your kid's school. These are people that we know who are impacted by donation. Um, it's truly this community impact. So I encourage everyone to register today and then give that gift of life. So let's go back just briefly. Yes. So there are four ways to do this. Let's Absolutely. remind everybody how they can become an organ donor. They can either go to their DMV uh, when renewing or getting their license. They can go online at iowadonornetwork.org and fill out the application that way. They can come to any of our events or educations. We have those pamphlets they can mail into our office or if they can go to the DNR and get their hunting, fishing for harvesting license through Logan's Law. My guest on the podcast today is Madeline Clark, a partner relations coordinator with the Iowa Donor Network. And Madeline, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I'm Don Lintzman, executive director of marketing and development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. We care for life.